0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Koge Chronicles podcast, episode 15 of the Kogie Chronicles podcast to be exact. On today's episode, I was joined by Jack Lotteray once again to talk about a variety of movie topics, including Judas and the Black Messiah, Malcolm Marie. We went through some Oscar and Golden Globe stuff. Um, this was a pretty long and wide ranging conversation, but. Of course, as always, there will be time codes in the description um, if you only want to check out certain parts of the episode. But overall, I hope you all enjoy listening to this episode as much as I had fun recording it. So without further, further ado, here's my conversation with Jack. All right, uh, joining us now on the podcast once again is Jack Lottere, uh to talk about some movies. Uh, we haven't talked on this podcast yet about some of the new stuff that's come out in 2021 and uh i I just figured that we should probably hop on that right now um but jack how's it going man
1: i'm doing well man how are you doing i'm excited to be back on and talking more movies
0: i know uh it's the wonderful the wonderful wonderful world of movies um so i guess just to start off uh there we have a lot a we have a lot to talk about and b this past weekend uh was the release of Judas and the Black Messiah, which was a film that you saw a week before I did at Sundance online, and I just saw it this past weekend um, on the HBO Max machine, and so I guess we'll just start there. And uh, I gotta say, it was an experience. Um, I, I, I I'm I'm having trouble to sort of figuring out where to start when it comes to a conversation about this movie.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a very, it it was, it was hard to come up with words for my, for my, my review on my channel because it's, it's a very pertinent topic to today and it hit on a lot of themes that decades ago are now still so resonant today. So it was very hard to find verbiage and wording that, you know, made sense if that makes sense. Um, but it was definitely an experience. I don't want to say I enjoyed it because it made my stomach hurt at some points, just thinking about the things that were happening, but technically and script wise and acting wise, I think very, very solid film.
0: Yeah. Um, I mostly agree. I don't think I was quite as high as this movie as you were. Um, I think we slightly differ just looking at the letterbox scores, (laughs) <laughs> um, but I I mean, again, like this is obviously a very good movie. It seems like everybody liked this movie, whether you were a critic, like a full-blown critic or um, just a general movie fan, uh, it seems like as almost 100% approval rating. Um, I haven't looked at the Rotten Tomatoes scores, but score, but that doesn't really matter. Uh, it's just the feeling that I've gotten. So, and I think the reason for that is because of just how good Daniel Kaluuya is and Lakeith Stanfield how good both of those how good both of them are in this movie because it's really tremendous like the stuff that Lakeith Stanfield is doing in particular like yeah well Kaluuya Kaluuya's performance is unbelievable and and I'm not trying to like diminish that in any way but Stanfield's character is so unique for movies you know it's like this guy who doesn't really have a hard stance in anything he's very he acts tough but he isn't at all there's just like a weakness to his character you don't really see in in main in like main movie characters in 2021
1: yeah and I also think that that we I don't want to say that the the ad campaigns kind of deceived us a little bit but Going into the movie, you know, when I had heard that a lot of the Oscar buzz around Kaluuya was in supporting actor, I was like, "Well, but he's like the lead guy. Like that—that's what we've seen in the trailers. That's what they've kind of made out—is that he's the lead of this movie." And while he does play a very big role, it really is Lakeith Lakeith's film. If you really look at it, it's about his character. It's about the the trials and tribulations that he had to go through. The moral trials and tribulations that he had to go through and he did it in a way that was you know not so over the top and it was very you know quiet and deceptive and I liked that because I played with the character well because that's what the character had to be the character had to be deceptive quiet you know not really show all of his cards all the time and I I think um, you know one of one of my biggest compliments besides Kaluuya because obviously like you said, and like everyone has said, it's probably close to, if not a career best performance from him. Mm. Um, But Lakeith really did pull out the stops as kind of an emotional lead because we have moments with Daniel Kaluuya um, in his personal life, not just, you know, being the person that people saw on TV or heard on the radio, we got into his personal life, but, more times out of not we were really seeing what was going on in Lakeith's character's head and seeing the mental you know kind of um dilemmas that he was going through um and some some of the sequences that i love the best are actually the conversations he has with jesse Plemons's character yeah i agree because he's just like this is not what I signed up for. And literally he says in the, he says in the movie, he says, these are not terrorists. Like these are not the people that you were making them up to be. And that was the most interesting aspect of the film for me was the moral dilemmas that Lakeith's character had to go through and just seeing, you know, what his thought process was. And how he was able to pull off what he pulled off and then the ending when we see the actual footage from the actual character and listen to what that character was saying and to see where that character ended up I was actually kind of thrown for a loop because after what happened i i would have thought that Lakeith's character would have turned you know if that makes sense but to see where he ends up it actually kind of shocked me a little bit i was like oh man like the things that the actual person in real life said at the end of the movie, I'm like, wow, that kind of floored me a little bit. Um, mm. But, you know, Kalu- Kaluuya is fantastic, but but that was really the aspect that I enjoyed the most from this film.
0: Yeah. Like, he has to be a coward. He has to be the character, of the, Stanfield's character, that is. He has to be someone who is almost totally, more is really morally corrupt, but not in a very blatant way, because... He's he's ratting out. He's selling out to this cause that he doesn't even believe is very, is very evil or 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 bad. Like you kind of explained, there is that one point in the movie where he literally says that these these people are not terrorists, right? And he has to show this this cowardice and this lack of courage to stand up for what is right, which is something that is just anti uh, lead in a movie <laughs> in general. And then, but also be watchable and interesting and keep you as a, as a viewer engaged with his character, engaged with the story. Right. And it's just, I think this is probably the best performance of his career because of how difficult it is to play that character. Well, Kaluuya's character is, is is a lot more morally centered, right? Like that's a guy that you can build a movie around because it's just so easy with his sort of personality and especially with his oratory traits, right? It's very easy to, sort of portray that character if you're an excellent actor like Kaluuya is and it's why I don't think it's the best performance of his career it's an awesome performance but Danu Kaluuya is a once-in-a-generation actor like you expect that from him but with Stanfield I just think with the difficulty of his character and um how many just holes he has to jump through I I think it might actually be the best performance of his career I kind of want to look at like I, I think this is actually a good time to sort of look back at some of the other performances that he's had in his career. I'm about to pull up his um, letterbox page as we speak. But I I don't think there's really... The, the only other performance that might contend with this is the Uncut Gems performance. He's incredible in that movie. He just really transforms as a person. Um, but other than that, I don't think there's anything else that really, really... Contends with this performance. I mean, he has a small role in Knives Out. He has a pretty small role in Selma. Sorry to bother you. He's very good in that movie, but it's a okay movie. It's not the I don't love that movie. I think it's yeah. pretty good. It's not great. Um, I, I didn't I didn't enjoy that movie at all. Honestly, really, really. Oh wow!
1: I, I, I like the was, movie. I was one of the, I was one of the people on the side where I was just like, okay, that's something, and. I don't know. It just, it like just didn't strike a chord. I wanted to, but... It's brave. Lakeith's per- yeah, yeah, Lakeith's performance is really good. Like, I will mm. not doubt that. But mm. I was just kind of like, okay. That was an experience that I wasn't expecting to have. Yeah. And, but, but I, I mean, definitely... It- go ahead. Go ahead. Go,
0: no, go ahead. Go ahead. I,
1: I definitely agree with you on uh, about Lakeith's character. I think that if it wasn't for, you know, Kaluya having you know, a great performance. But like you said, we already expect that out of him Um, doesn't take away from the fact that it still was a really good performance. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for that, Lakeith would be getting a lot more buzz. He'd be talked about more, but unfortunately, I think he's just, he's overshadowed by Kaluuya, but I do really agree with you about how he has to act, you know, like a coward. And this was a thought that came into my head as you were saying that, you know, he is kind of our protagonist. And I I said air quotes, he's like our protagonist in this movie, but you don't really like him. You know, like he doesn't, he's not a very likable guy. You can tell that he is only out for himself. He's out for survival. Um, And that's kind of hard to get around. But at the same time, you are kind of like pushing for him to like, I don't like not get caught in what he's doing. And like, you're hoping that he turns and all of that does go back to his performance. He he makes it believable. He makes it captivating. So I I completely agree with you on that. I think that, that, you know, going through his letterbox, like you just said, maybe besides uncut gems, but I'd say it's probably up there as one of his best performances.
0: Uncut gems is his most colorful performance. No offense to the get out performance. Uh, He's really... Have, have you seen Straight Out of Compton? Have you seen the performance he has as I believe Snoop Dogg in that movie? He's I, it's it's I'm really not, good. <laughs> he does I'm yeah he plays as Snoop movie. Dogg I think for a couple scene for like a scene or two. I haven't seen the movie in a while. Um, wow. He's very good in the photograph as a journalist of the AP and you know a uh, a lover. Like he's very good in that movie. He's very good in someone great a really underrated movie i've seen a, a, a lot of lakeith stanfield although i've not seen a, the, the tv show atlanta yet but i will say i think this is his best performance though i i mean i'm going out on a limb by saying this because i think stanfield's one of the best under 35 actors in the world um which is really saying something one of the 10 best i think and to say that this is his best performance i think is really um just a testament to how good he is in this movie and how good he is in general
1: absolutely I could not agree more
0: yeah um and then and then there's the Kaluuya aspect I mean we've touched on him a little bit already but wow just a tour de force performance just Kaluuya just doing Kaluuya things is there a better actor under 35 right now than him like I don't know I I really don't think there is at the moment
1: I I I don't I I don't either I think I think Chalamet may be close but like it's kind not even that close he's like a yeah, far I, second movie
0: i think i think chalamet is more of a movie star and less of is a better is a better movie star in terms of like he just shows up on the screen and you're and you're willing to you know you're already watch whatever yeah. he does right like you know like the brad pitt appeal the leo appeal he kind of has that more than kalia does but in terms of a like pure acting clue is a better actor i think it's pretty clear
1: yeah. No, I, I tend to agree. I mean, I've watched a lot of Kaluuya recently in the last year and every time he's on screen, it's not like, it's not like, like the movie star effect, but it's like the, Oh my gosh, like this is really good. You know, like the acting is just really, really good. Um, so yeah, I tend, I tend to agree. I mean, I'd have to think and look at actors under 35, but I, I mean, even if I really thought, but the fact that I would have to really think, I mean, I think just already, you know, kind of seals it for him
0: yeah there's not a lot of good ones under 35 that's the one of the problems with the whole list is it's like the next one's like tom holland and tom holland's fun and perfect for spider-man but i he was nowhere near as good as kaluuya is you know yeah
1: like, i I'm a, i mean i'm a, i'm about to check out cherry uh in the next like few days but and see maybe what his acting his his actual like real acting chops outside of spider-man are but yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't really think he's that close at all to be honest.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if this is quite his best performance. If I had to pick one, I think his performance in the movie Widows is incredible and just chilling. And I got to re watch that movie with my family over break, and it, it, he plays the villain in that movie, and it's just like wow, like a really insidious person insidious person and it's just wow um but yeah he's awesome again he's incredible in this film it's it's, this oratory abilities his ability to just like um meld into his characters and always create and always make them three-dimensional is just such a such a talent and you could i mean in this movie that like shocker king just kind of lets him um lets him ride and lets him go and and it's really it's, it's, it's emotional. It's impactful. Um, And some of the best scenes in the whole movie is when he's doing those giant speeches. Right.
1: I mean, that's, that's the appeal. I mean, that's literally how you start the first trailer in the marketing and it gives you chills and you're like, Oh my God, I want to see this right away. I mean, Mm. and they did that for a reason and it's to build that hype. And it lived up to it. I mean, the only real issues I have with the film are, you know, I feel like, you can cut some of it. I feel like it drags a little bit in like the middle, but there's not really a lot that I don't like. And a lot of the stuff I like the most is those moments where Kaluya just gets to do what he does and get mm-hmm. up on stage and just act. And it, it, it's a, it's one of the best performances I've seen this year um, I'll talk about more when we talk about Sundance later, but I mean, it's, it's, it, it, for me, the performance lived up to the hype that I had for the performance, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it, it was just, I was very excited to see Kaluya and it lived up to the hype. Awesome. Um,
0: yeah. So I, I'm glad you mentioned some of the issues I guess with the film that you had with the film, because I do agree that there are some pacing problems that this movie has. I do think it drags at a point, and I just never found myself emotionally connected to the material at the to the level that I wanted to be. Um, and I, if that's a really objective and 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 poor cri- objective thing to say and poor criticism, but I, I just. I I just thought that the first 45 minutes are really exciting and almost perfectly made. And then the movie almost kind of meanders a little bit too much for my liking. And, and, and it kind of loses its sense of pacing and momentum. And you can just kind of, I just kind of felt that through the second half. And, and, and like, and to me that was my criticism of the film, despite the fact that I think Shaka King is a really talented director. He does a great job of, Um, directing some of those action sequences especially the shootout um i think he has like a a real style and and sense of um what he wants to do as a director which is always a good sign in terms of, of of filmmakers moving forward like do they have a distinct style that audiences can attach to and i think he does um and and you can tell that a lot of smart people made this movie but there's an emotional element to it that I thought was a little missing and something. And you saw it in spurts um, with the opening or with the, um, uh, with the, when the, when the later speeches to, in front of the crowd after he gets out of jail, right. I'm, I'm forgetting exactly. How, I'm, I'm not, I don't really know how to exactly like define what that scene was, but it's, you'll it's know the- when you say it.
1: It's, it's the scene in the church that we see in the, in the trailer. I mean, that's, yeah. that's Incredible one of the most impactful moments of the entire movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, but yeah, it, it's just such a well-made film that you can't put it below like a four out of five star rating in my, in my book. It's just too well-made. I mean, just the, it's so, and also like, like theoretic, not theoretically, but psychologically it's so deep. And this also, what something I definitely want to talk about in terms of just like how smart and thoughtful this film is in terms of its themes, in terms of how it relates to some of the Black Lives Matters movement movement of today. and um sort of, sort of like historically contextualizing um the Black Panther Party and what they represented and, and what they were trying to do as an organization in today's context and in um The context of the late 60s and the early 70s it's just so thoughtful and it and like i'll say self-aware but just deep in a way that a lot of studio movies aren't i guess
1: yeah i i definitely agree i mean i i don't want to say self-aware either but i definitely think it everyone involved knew what they were trying to say what they were trying to do um especially with events that have happened in the last year or so. And I think it, you know, it it just, the thing I like a lot about this movie is that it shines a light for a lot of people on events and people that a lot of us didn't ever know about in history because it's just really not covered in history, you know, like in regular history class. Like I didn't know who Fred Hampton was. You know, I didn't yeah. know the history. Like I knew what, who the, I knew what the black Panthers, I knew, I knew who they were, but I didn't know you know who Fred Hampton was. I didn't know any of these events that had happened and to take those events and, 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 and the things that happened and tell a really compelling story that feels very real even today, I think was something that they did really well. And Another thing that they did really well with that was they didn't glorify it or use it to make a huge stance if that makes any sense. Really what they were trying to do was just tell this story. And I think that they did it in a very compelling way that was still able to in 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 lack of a better term, you know, cut adapt to what's happening today you know, and, and, and I think you said it really well, how, you know, you didn't want to say self-aware, but you know, they, they kind of were. And I think that to be able to, to toe that line between becoming so self-aware and, you know, being able to tell the story, I think they did really, really well in this film. Hmm.
0: I just compare this movie to something to a, to, um, something like the trial the Chicago seven, right. That's a fun and enter- that's a very watchable entertaining movie that does hit on these hardcore subjects but I don't think quite understands the gravity of some of the some of these subjects right that's a film that you can tell is written by a white guy who who has you know taken a history course and has done the online research right but there's a huge difference between that and this movie where it feels lived in it feels understood it feels like there's a layer of contextualization and understanding that you just don't see in a lot of movies today you you just especially movies about race and especially and and i think it's really important that this was me this was directed and co-written by an african-american man in Shaka king and then produced by ryan coogler who has done more than a couple of these kind of films um in his career and I don't know. It's just there's a level of understanding here that is that is beyond just Hollywood being like, oh, we understand um Black Lives Matter, right? Like this is more than just an Oscar slogan. This is like this is an actual representation. Um an act spiritual representation, I should say. Because, because obviously it's a movie, it's not a documentary, things are glorified, right? But at the same time, in spirit, it just captures um, this issue of this issue of race just so just so well. Um, I, I think it's I think we've covered this movie pretty deeply and in depth. Um, Juice and the Black Messiah. Everyone everyone should watch it. Um, I hope hopefully I don't think we spoiled too much of this movie. Um, it's not really spoilable. I mean, it is a historical event at the end of the day, but, uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You- if you look it up, you, you'll see what happens. I, I, we didn't spoil, you know, the ending or anything. So, yeah. um, you know, I mean, it's a very, it's a very, you know, timely movie to talk about. It's a very interesting movie to talk about. And I, you know, it's one that will be in conversation for a while and I hope gets some of the Oscar buzz it deserves. It hasn't been doing well in the award season so far. I think a lot of that has to later. do with the fact that it got released so late but I hope it makes it a bit of a comeback um, as we get closer to the Oscars.
0: Let's, I want to talk about this later um, for sure. So next movie I do want to touch on before we get to any, I, we're going to touch on a, quite a few movies before we get to any Oscar talk or Sundance talk, but another movie I wanted to kind of like dive in on was Malcolm Murray. And this is a film that also deals with issues about race, maybe not quite as self-aware or thoughtfully, but I like this movie more than I guess a lot of the critics do and I can guess why critics don't like this film because this film literally rips critics um but I thought it's I I, I don't think I like it quite as much as you do but I but I do think it was largely a successful movie I I think it's pretty good well, your thoughts
1: yeah I will say right off the top that my score if I were to go rescore it it would not be as high as I originally did okay um because after watching some other people talk about it not people like yelling because like they're critics and they feel like they're hurt feelings like actual people breaking it down after I listened to some of them like yeah I can kind of see you know so and so issue I kind of understand but you know That it's not going to go down so far. Like I feel like it was also a relatively successful movie. I mean, if you break it down in terms of the movie itself, these a lot of the issues that people have have to do with the script and some of the, you know, things with the director and stuff like that. But if you look past those issues, which they're obvious issues that you have to account for a, a lot of the other stuff in the movie was, pretty good i mean the performances from zedaya john day washington were both i I felt really well done i think the cinematography in this film is 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 pretty good as well um but there are obvious issues though um and i think if i were to go back and rescore it it would probably come in a little lower than i had it originally
0: hmm interesting um that you're re-editing you are re editing uh your work i i do that all the time by the way like i'll come in with a score and then like a day later i'll change it (laughs) that's what i did with this movie
1: yeah i'm not gonna necessarily go back in and re-edit everything because i'll stand by the review i gave but like you know i mean that's how everyone goes you know sometimes a movie's on a high then you're like oh i don't really know if i feel that way but then it's like oh well maybe actually you know I, i like this idea um I mean, that's the beautiful thing about movies is you can go back, rethink about them and say, oh, you know, maybe I don't really like how that's done or I don't really like that theme or things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, this, this is a very interesting one because I don't think I've really ever had that happen before where like I've scored it and then I've gone back and like been, huh, I don't well, know. It
0: happens to me all uh, the time. I do that well, all I, the time. I don't know. Like
1: I do as well. I'm, what I mean is like as quickly as i did oh
0: okay okay that yeah
1: i forgot i don't think i've ever done it as quickly because i saw this maybe a week ago maybe a week and a half ago or no like right when it came out which is like a week ago um and in like a week i've i've changed usually it'll take me a while to really think about it but like i said Mm -hmm. i don't think it'll change it's it's not changing that drastically like i'm not gonna say it's a terrible movie now because i don't believe that um this is a very interesting one to talk about very interesting.
0: Yeah, I do want to. It's interesting because I understand the criticism behind um, Levinson talking about issues of race. Not the movie isn't totally about issues of race, but trying to explain his issues through characters that aren't his race and then using race as a criticism toward. Um, the, the critics that he criticizes during the movie. I can understand that since he is a white director and he is in the movie is starring two black actors, but I don't know. A lot of people are saying poor, poor Zendaya, poor John David Washington. Like their performances are being wasted because of Levinson's ideas. This movie was a total collaboration. <laughs> when you have what, like 25 people max working on your movie everyone is involved in the movie zendaya and john david washington are producers on this film i believe and i don't think that criticism or that idea of oh poor john david washington poor zendaya their performances are being wasted is very valid when it's clear and obvious that they all worked on this movie very collaboratively together um and yeah that's that, that's what i have to say about that piece of criticism and, and you know it's critics are are very sensitive you know when you there are few people on the planet earth who are more sensitive than than they are because of you know the stance they believe in and and how strongly they they feel in terms of i mean we are technically critics too but how strongly they feel of how um how their job is an art form right but you know, I, I I thought the best parts of the movie was when the movie was criticizing critics. I don't know about you, because I just felt like it it, it was just such a curveball and 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 kind of re engaged me into the film in a, in like a really interesting sense. It brought up a lot of interesting points when it came to criticizing critics because a lot of what he was saying was really directed right at me. It felt like it looked like it felt like he was talking about me and criticizing my thoughts, like how I can jump to all these conclusions about what washington's character and other directors do with their films when i'm not the person who was making the film and it's just the way he explains it in the movie is really interesting i kind of want to hear your thoughts about this
1: yeah i agree those were some of the more compelling moments and that's some of i believe the best acting in the movie because those are very long one take monologues from john david washington and he he pulled them off really really well um but yeah, I mean, I, I'm a little hit or miss on some of it because there was a lot of this that was talked about. There are some aspects that I definitely agree with. And like you, I I was like questioning, Oh, like what, what, you know, like I literally said in my video review, I was like, look, I gotta be very careful with what I say here. Cause I don't, you know, because like, that's what was talked about in this movie. Um, but, but there, there, there were, it's, it's kind of a tug and pull for me. There were some aspects of it that I, I was really intrigued in and I was paying attention to. And then there were some aspects where I was like, okay, this is getting a little preachy. I really feel like this is Levinson's, you know, voice coming in a little bit. Like the whole thing about the LA Times, um, you know, like like one critic and going after the LA Times, going after the LA Times, I was like, okay, well, obviously levinson's got a bit of an issue with the la times and, and then you know doing some research later i found out that a critic from the la times gave one of levinson's movies like a scathing really bad review in the past yeah so yeah. with that it's like okay so like we get it you don't like the la times like we, we get that um so th- there those were some parts where i was like okay this is kind of preachy I don't, I don't really know how i feel about this but then when he was talking about critics in general I was very interested because it was more, you could tell that there wasn't really, you know, a kind of a secret hidden agenda in the, in those, you know, excerpts. Um, And if there was, I didn't catch it. So good job, Sam. If that's, if there was, and I didn't catch it. Um, But I I tend to agree because a lot of the, the rest of the time, it is just John Day, Washington and Zendaya yelling at each other. Yeah. And, I thought that that was captivating to a point Yeah, did get a little old at the end, did get a little old at the end, but, but the conversations they were having were very meaningful and they, they were, they were things that I actually kind of wanted to hear what the other person was going to say. Um, but those, those rants about the critics and criticism actually were like palate cleansers, even though, you know, like you said, us as critics that he's kind of coming at us and all the other people. Yeah. Um, but it's it's also like you said i i was i wanted to hear what he had to say because Mm. it was very interesting and so i i wouldn't i when a lot of people are saying that the the film is bad because of that obviously you know i don't want to say obviously they they may feel some other way but you know there's a good amount that are just mad because they're going after critics and you know everyone needs criticism even critics need criticism and (laughs) if they if they can't take it then what what are are they doing because every job you're supposed to be getting better and you're supposed you know you're supposed to be adapting and learning and you can't do that if you don't get criticism so it's Mm. like you know you can't run free you're not above the law You, you know people make mistakes and they you know need to get better um So I really enjoy that. I really like the point that you brought up about that because it is very intriguing. Probably one of the most intriguing parts of the movie as a whole. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I think that um, those scenes work a little bit, are a little more consistent in terms of how well they work in terms of compared to the scenes where those two are just arguing because I think the opener is amazing. I think the bathroom scene is kind of bad. Like it, it's, it kind of varies on the scene in terms of, does the argument make any sense? Um, is Are there points valid even at all? Uh, how long does it drag out? Like there's a lot of factors that go into like the quality of these arguments, even though it's just two people in a room. Um, and some of it works, some of it doesn't. Um, I think this movie needed an editor Overall, it needs somebody to say no. It needed somebody to say, um, we this this can be explained in five words instead of 50. <laughs> this point can come across like it, there's all there's some at some point during these conversations, um I had this weird feeling while watching it, being like, What's wrong here? Something feels off, and I couldn't really quite capture it. But then after reading some reviews and listening to some stuff about the movie, I kind of realized that what was wrong with it. It was just overwritten. Like, you know, there's always so much you can say about this one thing, you know, (laughs) it's like, there's a point where we need to stop. Right. So.
1: Yeah. And there, there was many times where I was like, Oh yes, they, the argument's over. They made up great. That's awesome. And then I was like, what, what are we, why are we getting back into this? Like, like, like Zendaya would find a reason to get mad again or john david washington would find a reason to get mad again and i'm like guys go to bed it's like like you got home at like 1 a.m it's got to be at least 4 or 5 a.m now like go to bed stop (laughs) it's like like everyone just chill um there was time time that could have been chopped and like you said i think an editor probably would have been a pretty good idea to say hey i know what you're going for but this like this whole section of the argument does not need to be here. Let's just chuck it out yeah. the window.
0: I feel like we've been fairly critical of this movie, but like, don't get me wrong, I like this movie. I think this movie's pretty good. Um, it's just there's some problems with it. Um, and I think part of that has to do with, you know, the fact this was made in quarantine and all Sam Levinson has to really talk to is himself while he's stuck in his own home while writing this movie, right? Like there's a lot of there's a lot of external factors that kind of lend kind of like lended to why this movie is what it is but I think all things considered this is a pretty good film and I just love how passionate it is you know uh, a lot of films that you see just aren't half as just just I guess individ- individualistic and passionate I don't want to keep on using that that same word but I don't know that it just, it, it comes across that sort of um, passion comes across in Levinson's work all the time. And you really feel it in this film because he's such a, because visually he's excellent. And I just love, especially that opening scene where it's shot from outside the, outside the home they have, the, the really nice home they have there. And the fact that they're using a lot of handheld and it's, I don't know, like there's a visceral as, aspect to everything Levinson does that, really makes me believe that it's hard for me to see a thing that he makes as actually really that bad. Even if, you know, some of the thematic aspects can be questioned. I think the technical aspects are so strong and the performances are so good. It's hard for me to look at this movie and say, Oh, it was bad.
1: You know? Absolutely. I mean, it, it's like, it's, I I had said it, you know, on social media and and everything, you know, I, I give credit where credit's due the fact that they were able to get it done during a lockdown with, a, with like a, a skeleton crew and no one knew about it until it was like announced. Um, a lot of credit goes there. And there are a lot of really good, like I had said earlier, I think the two performances are really good. I think the cinematography, I think is a beautifully shot film. And there are a lot of captivating conversations within. So we, we have been highly critical on it because it is a highly divisive film. So we wanna talk about both sides. Um, but, but there is a lot of credit that needs to be done here I mean making it you know, I learned through my six classes doing my film minor that making a movie is very hard and for them to do it completely during the pandemic completely during quarantine it, it's there's definitely something to be said for that Absolutely. And it's a heck of a lot better than locked down I mean that's all I got to say about that <laughs>
0: Um, uh, quickly before I move on, I do want to talk about how good John David Washington and Zendaya are in this movie. Zendaya is very good in this film. She feels like she's very comfortable. I don't think it's her best work. I still think her best work and Levinson's best work is euphoria, to be totally honest with you. But I think they're both very good. The person I do want to talk about a lot, like even more, though, is John David Washington. I think he is spectacular in this film. He has so many things to do. In this movie, and a lot of my grading when it comes to performance is how difficult the role is. And I kind of explained that with the Lakeith Stanfield role when it came to Judas and the Black Messiah. But I think that applies just as much in this film, just given how crazy his character is and how, <laughs> I guess, delusional and egotistical his character is as well but at the same time you're just so captivated in what he's doing and I don't know he's just talking about so many different things doing it so quickly while also trying to adapt to Levinson's style when you know his co-partner in the film is are is already been in so many episodes with Levinson with Levinson's tv show so I, I I just feel like he's doing so much in this movie you know
1: Yeah. I mean, and he's taking the most subtle things and making them dramatic. Like the the scene I always come back to is when he's trying to read a review and a paywall comes up. So he has to go find his wallet and he's just like screaming, trying to find his wallet. And Zendaya is like, Oh, did you check over there? And he's like, no, he's like, just yelling. (laughs) I'm like, you're just trying to find a wallet calm down and he but kills it too you, uh. i know he does it, you you could feel that emotion in everything and it's like i like going back to what, what i said earlier about like about the film criticism those were all really long monologues and they were all mostly done in what seems like like a one take sequence each time i could never never memorize that much and be able to deliver it with without stumbling like I, I mean I know these are world-class actors that's what they trained to do all their lives but I was just blown away by that like I like was just thinking about that just just completely floored me but he he's he's very much like Lakeith and Judas again where he's like one of our protagonists in air quotes but you don't really like him because you can see like you said how delusional how crazy he is and how I don't want how bad he is to Zendaya like you don't want to like him, but you are captivated the entire time with what he's saying and what he's doing. Um, I mean, really big props to him. I, he, he's, he's been doing a lot of really good lately. Um, I, I don't think he really had to act that much in tenant, but I think he still was pretty good in tenant. Um, mm-hmm. And then of yeah, course, in Tenet, he just Klandon, has to I be.
0: He... Yeah. I'm sorry, but in tennis in Tenet, he has to, he just has to be like a movie star. You know, I mean, it's a it's a Nolan movie, so usually the acting's pretty restrictive in general, restricted in general. Um, usually the supporting parts have a little more a little more leeway, um, but that's just sort of how Nolan movies go. I mean, like it's not a coincidence when one of Leo's weakest performances is in, um, is in is in is is in Inception exactly or the fact that christian bale's batman is really pulled back right all right like his main characters it's it's just a theme like you know it's not nothing wrong with it, I mean, it i'm just saying that's kind of what the reality situation is he's very good black klansman like you said
1: yeah and that that's what i was gonna say is like you know he, he is a bit reserved and, tenet, and that's not necessarily a bad thing it's like you said you know a lot of nolan's leads are not very out there and their performances aren't really ever known as the key factor. I mean, you could maybe argue McConaughey and interstellar, but that's probably it. Um, But I mean, it's in the black Klansman, he's really good. Um, So, yeah, I mean, just, this is really good performance from him. He he was really, really good. Hmm. Hmm.
0: No, I, I, I totally agree. Um, I I think it's a little, I mean, we could say it's like his quote-unquote best performance, but I kind of want to see more roles from him, more different roles from him before I start like mounting this movie on top of John David Washington Hill. But I will say I think it's a great sign for his career that a lot of directors have seen to um, hitch, you know, hitch up with him for upcoming movies. I mean, um, I mean, a lot of people I think it's a good sign when guys like people like David o. Russell are willing to, you know, do movies with you. At the drop of a hat, um, and he does have that movie star quality, similar to his father. He's not quite as good as his father because, I mean, is anyone really as good as Dave as Denzel Washington in general? <laughs> but he, he, I mean, he's—I mean, he's—he's he's got a heck of a career. Um, uh, he's made a heck of a career for himself already. Moving forward, um, now let's let's move on to some—I'd—I'd I'd say slightly quick, slightly quicker hitters in terms of reviews for these films. Uh the four movies we're going to go over right now is Lockdown, Pieces of a Woman, The Little Things and One Night in Miami. Um How do we want to structure this? Let's actually rank those four movies from top to bottom for me. Lockdown, Pieces of a Woman, The Little Things and One Night in Miami.
1: Okay, going from best to worst. Yeah. One Night in Miami, Pieces of a Woman, the little things locked down.
0: Huh. I have something very. I have the same, but I'm flipping. Uh. Uh. Locked down with the little things. I hated the little things. Real. Oh. I kind of okay. enjoyed. Okay. I can see
1: that. I can see that. Yeah. I can get. I can see that. I just locked down. I.
0: I know you hated that movie. I saw that in your review. Talk but, about lockdown. Yeah. Actually.
1: I would have to. I'd have to revisit it because I had... I think I rated that one a little harshly um,
0: <laughs> you killed it. I,
1: I, I did. I, it's not that good. And I, you know, I don't f- like feel for Anne Hathaway's character at all. Um, the, the writing really hinders her for me. Like she's such an unlikable character in my opinion. Um, I do like uh, edge of force character. I think he, he's, he's p- funny. I, I think he's pr- pretty good. Um but like the whole thing about this movie is that you are trying to watch this relationship. And the thing that they're trying to hook you on is that they want you to root for this relationship to continue and to not fail and to carry on. And I was not attached to that relationship at all. I was not, I was not invested. Um, I just, huh. it, that, that was the thing that killed it for me because the whole side plot about getting rich off a diamond i mean that's cool like i get what they were going for like i like those aspects like those aren't bad um and i think that the the cameos from ben kingsley are by far the best part of the movie um (laughs) but but like and i think anna hathaway is a relatively good actress like i don't i don't have anything against her but like this movie i did not care for her at all I was not invested in her character. And with that, I was not invested in the relationship that they wanted us to be invested in. And that killed it for me because then I was like, okay, I'm just seeing through this movie that like, it's like, yeah, there's a pandemic, they're locked down. Like I get it. Um, And I did like the aspects of like seeing people deal with, you know, the lockdown and what was going on. But then again, it was like, okay, but we we all went through that. So it's like, you're just kind of showing us what everyone went through for the last year. so, I mean, you know, the, the key thing they were trying to hook us on did not hook me, and it lost me. So, mm. so I guess they're not locked down. Uh, but credit works, too. They got it done during the pandemic, but still. You killed this
0: movie. You gave it half a star. I gave it two and a half stars. Um, It's not a good movie. Don't give it Did I wrong. really give but it half
1: I... a star? Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, you gave it half a star. I gave it two and a half stars, uh, which... Again, not a good movie, but I do think it has redeeming qualities. I think some of the jokes actually work, even though it's a little more 50-50. I think Hathaway and Four are really funny, and I actually – I don't know if I was rooting for their relationship, so to say, but I just felt like there was a chemistry there, so I do actually kind of disagree with you a little bit. Um, I think Hathaway is a brilliant actress. I think she's – when she puts her mind to it and is in the right project – she hasn't been in the right project in a very long time. Um that she's one of the best actresses in the world, honest to God. I mean, she's done there are some roles where you watch her, and it's just unbelievable some of the stuff she's doing on screen. Um but in this movie, I, I think that her and edgy four, I would say don't totally carry it. I think the camp, some of the cameos work. I mean, a lot of this movie hinge for me hinged on the comedy and some of it worked, but some of it didn't work. But actually, more of it worked than I thought it would. And I don't know. It was just, it, it, I don't know. I guess it was just the chemistry between those two on screen just kind of worked for me. And some of the Zoom jokes. And I don't know. Like I, I was engaged enough to keep watching, which kind of surprised me. I thought I was going to hate the movie. And I actually thought it was okay basically.
1: I definitely got, I, I got through it. You know, like I, 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 there was never a point in my mind where I was like, I need to turn this off. Like I got through it. And I, 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 I get, I get what you're saying with like the chemistry. I, 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 it's not, it's not bad. I just, I was just, you know, some some of the, some of the things I just didn't like, I, I do love the zoom joke where uh, he's talking to his brother-in-law or whoever it is. And they're like, how's it going over there? And he's like, they canceled the NBA. It's terrible. Like it, <laughs> I was, I got, I did get a kick out of that. Like that was, that was pretty much because that's what we were all thinking when that yeah. happened. We're like, this is terrible. They canceled the NBA. It, that that was funny. But I do agree with some of your points. It's just I I don't know. I just I will never it's go okay. back and watch this movie. I have no desire to.
0: <laughs> I don't think I would either, but would I recommend it to someone who is really bored?
1: Maybe. Maybe. Honestly. If, if they've seen everything else, then sure.
0: Yeah. If they're like. I don't know. I I just feel like there's a light aspect to it. And I think it is self-aware enough and enough jokes and scenes work that I think it is fairly watchable, even though it does have um, some problems. And it's hard to totally describe what those problems are. I mean, it gets repetitive them being in the same room. It's hard to watch because of that. And a lot of it has to do obviously with COVID and everything. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, Lyman, being just the, the the talented director that he is and adding just enough style in the film as well just uh, yeah there's just kind of a as, like kind of a lighter aspect to this that kind of worked for me in a weird way i don't know it's hard to describe because it's also one of those movie that movies that goes in your brain and out in your brain one ear and out in the other so uh let, let's move on a little bit though like let's talk about the little things talk about bad movies god i hated this film. Um, <laughs> uh yeah what are your thoughts on this movie
1: i'm not okay so, so i rated it above locked down but I, it's not like that big of a gap you know i i didn't really enjoy this movie it was too long The pacing was horrible i agree um i mean okay the main three performances are good in a way uh, they're not anything special there is no way in hell jared leto deserves any of the nominations he's getting i don't have any we'll idea about what's that happening depth. There. um but you know i it just it was okay enough for me to rate it how i rated it um a lot of the stuff i got really confused a lot of times i was like wait what it's
0: just it's so poorly on? it's so poorly done i yeah. i think it's poorly it's so poorly written and i don't want to interject I don't don't want to like interrupt you right now, but I I just can't stop. I can't help myself but say, like, this movie was a 90s movie, but in a bad way, in a bad sense. It felt old, it felt aged. This movie was, I believe, conceived, if not written, in the 90s by John Lee Hancock and just hadn't been made until today. And it feels like that. It's not good. You know, it's not good. The pacing isn't there, the innovation isn't there. There's just a staleness to this film that kind of that, that really, really disappointed me and really just throws a whole blanket over everything in this movie. That includes the performances, which aren't horrible. I think Rami Malek's kind of horrible in this movie, but I think Denzel is fine you know he's not bad and i think jared little is pretty fun in this film even though it is i agree it is ridiculous the fact that he's getting nominations for this movie nothing about this movie deserves any nominations in any sense of the word okay this movie is bad
1: the, the gold the golden globes like made sense i was like eh, it's the golden globes they do stuff like this but <laughs> then i think what like was that? it What was the it sag. Like, the sa- sag. The sag- when the sags did it i was like pulling out my hair what is happening like it didn't make any sense that the sags would do that like rip paul racy rip his chances at getting an oscar nomination he was fantastic in sound of metal leto screwed over paul racy and his chances of getting an oscar nomination and i am pissed mm. about it because i agree that performance yes it was fun and it had its moments it is nowhere in the realm of this universe i agree to get nominations at all it doesn't make any sense and i think that's kind of looking at like film twitter and looking at like all of my friends that are critics the general consensus is they were pulling out their hair too having no idea what the heck was going on um i don't know what the sags were thinking like that that's the one that surprises me like what what are you what are you doing Mm. but
0: oh i totally agree and i hate the ending of the movie (laughs) I hate (laughs) when it comes to the uh, the little things that is, I hate the ending of this movie. I I just feel like I kind of understood where it was trying to go, but it never pulls it off because there's no, (sighs) it's just the lack of propulsion and direction of the film kind of loses any potential themes that you can land the movie on. Right. And I, I, it's just, I, I hate movies that, like, are just there, you know, and this movie is just there, but to an incredibly aggressive degree with poorly made aspects of the movie that aren't even, like, fun to point out, you know, that aren't even interesting to dive into. It's just like, oh, this Rami Malek performance was awful, and there's nothing fun to talk about how bad he is in this movie. It's just he's in the movie you know? Oh, it's not fun to talk about how poorly paced this film is, because it just felt like it. The movie felt like it was four hours long. I've seen movies, like, if you watch Avengers Endgame, that movie's an hour longer. That movie feels like it's, like, 30, minute, like 30 minutes long, you know? It's probably too fast, but at the end of the day, like, there's a propulsion to it, and that's Avengers Endgame with their, when there's, like, a million different characters and storylines and, you know, all the stuff where you can get tripped over, but at least that movie has, like, innovation and pacing this movie is just like i know it's really poor comparison to avengers endgame it's a totally different thing but like still this movie is just so so stale and so like i don't know it really disappointed me because i as someone who actually got the chance to interview john david wash john uh, lee hancock a couple years ago and have been like secretly rooting for a success i i I'm, i'm i'm just I'm disappointed. This is The Highwayman. It's like it, we, we've, we're we creating a theme here, you know?
1: Poor pacing. That's what the theme we're creating. <laughs> those, both of <laughs> those movies are long and you feel the runtime.
0: Yeah. You know? Poor pacing, you know, a lack of propulsion, a lack of innovation, really, a, in general, heck, a lack of story. <laughs> it's like. There, there's been
1: yeah there's been so many times this this year and I hate it because I've seen a lot of movies this year already but there's been so many times this year where I've been like the pacing on this is terrible I feel the runtime like there's there was a few movies in Sundance that I saw that I was just like one in particular that I was just like wait this is an hour and a half I felt like I've been here for like five and a half hours like what what are we doing (laughs) so yeah but you know we're we're, we're still waiting for the the movies to kind of pick up a little bit i think i think i think it's starting to happen but i think once we get into the summer and into the fall hopefully a bunch of people are vaccinated so theaters can open again and more more movies can come out hopefully yeah obviously that's not why i want everyone to be vaccinated but i want everyone to you know be safe but you know it comes with its perks
0: yeah i mean sundance are gonna get hit and miss stuff um we're gonna talk about Sundance pretty soon but let um I guess but before we get to that though let's talk about uh let's talk about One Night Miami and Pieces of a Woman um I think you like both of these movies more than I do but I do want to talk about especially Pieces of a Woman which was just a kind of a frustrating really frustrating movie for me at least um about yeah let's talk about Pieces of a Woman first because I guess sort of explain myself first, I think the first scene is unbelievable. Like, pretty perfect. I mean, I don't really have any notes. Usually I have notes for almost every other scene, like immensely when I'm watching a film, because that's the sort of nitpick nitpick watcher I am these days. But first scene, I, it was just unbelievable. I'm like, first two scenes, really, uh, if you combine that with two, two or three scenes, and you combine that with um, uh, the Shia LaBeouf opener, which I think is just really well done. It's just a perfect use of of that that sweeping handheld technique. And it just kind of tells you that you're in Boston without telling you that you're in Boston really, really well. Like that's a really subtle thing that someone, as someone from Boston like myself, can only really notice. Um, But yeah, and it just, and it kind of builds and builds and builds. And it has this just unbelievable scene. Um, it's just so well acted and f- pretty well directed. And, and I'm like, wow, Vanessa Kirby is so good at her job. And then the movie has all this momentum. And then all of a sudden, I felt like the movie lost all that momentum by the end. And I stopped caring about the characters. And a lot of it has to do with the structure of the film. A lot of that has to do with just the way that it shows. I tried to write this on my Letterbox review, but it shows how a thing can happen. How this thing could have happened, how they could have fallen out of love, how she could be so upset about what just happened to her, but it never explains why it happened, you know. It explains how it could happen, but it doesn't explain the thing that actually happened because it'll then jump in time to this shot of a bridge being built, and all of a sudden our characters are in these completely different circumstances, yet we cannot – yet we can't really connect with that character as much anymore because we never saw what exactly happened to her in the first place. And I just feel like the writing just skips the wrong skips beats at the wrong time. And sometimes that's a good technique in terms of skipping beats. Like I think the first time jump originally to like, you know, six months, like, like X months, X amount of months later after the event, the, the beginning event like that worked, but with each subsequent jump was each subsequent moment where I just felt like I was losing the characters that combined with some really weak B plots kind of lost me to be totally honest with you. So I, I, I was just frustrated by the end.
1: Yeah, I can, I can totally understand that. I can, I, I was, I was on the track of, I actually kind of liked how they showed passage of time. Uh, I mean, I, I, th- I thought it was clever, you know, with, at least with the bridge being built. Um, I thought that was like kind of an interesting take. I can, can understand where, you know, sometimes cutting it off, you know, maybe at the wrong moments. I I personally, I was never uninvested. Um, I I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the performances. Maybe it was, you know, just certain, certain beats that were hit at certain times. Um, But I, I I was locked in from the start and I was very um, you know, Unlike lockdown, where I wasn't rooting for that relationship at all, I kind of felt like, "Oh wow, I'm watching this relationship, you know, kind of tear away." And you can kind of understand why, in some aspects. But at the same time, you're like, "Oh well, this, but this really sucks, and I don't want this to happen." Um, So, so I liked that aspect and and seeing, you know, like you said, we we saw how they fell out of love. We saw how these things can happen we weren't always told why exactly um i felt like i had a little more clarity i don't know maybe that's just how my mind my mind worked or something i could guess why
0: i mean obviously i think it gives you guesses as to why but like i think what i kind of learned from this film is that we can't always jump ahead we can't always jump to conclusions because then there's just a piece of us that kind of loses the relatability with the character especially when that opening sequence is so good and so connecting with that character and we see everything we literally see everything in that that whole eight minute one take scene right but what you totally revert of like revert from that style then you're telling a very different kind of story you know what I mean so it kind of threw off my pace as a viewer but again like I get why a lot of people are very connected to this film. I get why, obviously, I get why you were connected to this film because of the opening sequence is so good. I'm not denying that at all, and I think the performances, for the most part, are very good. Even though I do think Chai LaBeouf gets worse as the movie goes along, um, but overall, like, it's still—I don't think it's a bad movie. But I, I just left a little disappointed. That—that's—I think that's what I'm just trying to say.
1: No, I, I, I can absolutely understand that. I, I mean, it, it, I will—I'll put it this way: it never gets better than that first eight minutes. Oh, no, like, like, that's a problem I, it, for me. Yeah, no, and I definitely can see that and understand that. Um, you know, there are moments in the movie further on that I'm like, it, it hit me with the emotion. Like I, I, I elicited certain emotions, I could feel it. I think there's some some pretty good writing in some instances. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's hard when you start off with a bang like that beginning even though it's not really action packed or anything, but like you can't help, but be at, in awe of what's happening yeah. and just the technical aspects and the performances. Like I, you can't help, but be in awe of that. And yeah, I, I definitely understand and, and do kind of agree with, with you in terms of it is kind of jarring when like that ends and it's just like, you're at a completely different pace. Um, I, I do understand. I can understand that. I do. I You know, that's the beautiful thing Mm -hmm. about film is people have different opinions and exactly we can agree and disagree on different things.
0: As long as you don't think that Jared Leto deserves a SAG award, (laughs) then you're 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 okay in my book.
1: No, I mean I I get to vote on I get to vote on (laughs) awards for an association that I'm in and I will we haven't done nominations yet, but I will not be putting Jared Leto on my ballot for nominations. I will not. I refuse. Oh, could you not, not um <laughs> never over my dead body
0: that no, is just it's such a bad take i i can't even i don't want to even go into too much of why more of why that is a bad take but uh yeah pieces of woman like <sighs> great opening great opening you know what fifth 20 minutes and it kind of made me realize oh my god there's this much more movie left and then to me it just got progressively worse and worse for reasons I've just explained, and I, I before I move on, I do want to say, like, the B plot is poor in this movie. I I just it felt like extra it never comes around fully, and really everything like the like the Apple stuff never connected, never connected well for me. Um, it just felt like an extra scene and filler that doesn't that they try to put in at the end of the film that just really didn't make a ton of sense and that go along with the Ellen Bernstein stuff. Like, do we really need the Ellen Bernstein stuff? Like, I, there's a lot of, in terms of focus, like this movie kind of loses a little bit. And like, th- like those were some smaller problems I had with the movie. Um, But I think we should probably, unless you have anything else
1: to say about well, that stuff. I'll just say the, the Apple stuff hit me. That that, that got me. Really? Okay. <laughs> like in the courtroom scene, when she says, when she says what she says, I kind of broke, broke a little bit. I didn't like, I didn't get like cry or anything, but like I broke. I was like, oh crap you know oh crap like that that's yeah that that was the last movie
0: you cried in i'm just curious now
1: um i I won recently oh my god i don't remember um let me look on my letterbox real quick in my diary and see what i've seen recently um i cried
0: i i cried twice during waves have you seen Waves? I haven't it's it's
1: on my shelf to be be watched it's very soon um I cried at one recently but I'm gonna save it because it was one I watched during Sundance so I'll save that for when Uh, we talk about Sundance okay okay but if anyone if anyone knows if anyone knows like what I've been watching you may be able to figure out which one it is just based on how highly I rated it and stuff
0: like name like two or three other movies that You cried you've cried in that, like we can you can actually talk about Um, then.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I won't name that one. Well, two of I cried during two of them during Sundance. So I won't name those. Um but you know, I don't think I ever cried. Like I watched before midnight this year and I didn't ever cry, but I got really emotional just because of how connected I was to the characters and like yeah. wanting them to stay together so bad. and the fact that it felt so real, what was happening um that one kind of got me a little bit. uh let me see uh, it's tough because I try, I don't really cry that much. anymore the end
0: of before sunrise didn't make me cry, but it caught me emotionally in a way that like 10 movies uh, 10 other movies as I will say with like, the end yeah. of before sunrise unbelievable. Sunset's awesome tri- yeah that whole trilogy is amazing that trilogy like,
1: is unbelievable yeah um you know, i'd say uncle uncle frank which came out this past year uh had a few moments where i got a little watery watery eyed that movie's fantastic i don't care what anyone really says.
0: um
1: wow. i mean That's i okay. think that it, movie's I, okay. I think i think it is it's just personal oh 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 Soul. i, I cried i cried at, like the, during soul it sounds like uh, you cry more than me Huh. well i'm just interesting i don't really cry. here's the thing is, i don't really ever cry like i don't like i, don't mean, I meant like
0: physically cry like okay. physically like did a okay. tear go down your eye I, I had like, like that's a, what i'm looking for I, here
1: okay i had like a tear during soul like like a tear hmm. during soul like i'm talking about films that i got like close i had a tear during soul i most definitely had a few tears at the end of toy story 4 the first time i watched it really? i can say that yes I, I i that that hit pretty hard for me um it's tough because I don't really cry in movies. I I like, I'll get, like I'll get like, I'll get watery eyed, but I won't, but I'll be like, get it together, man. You're good. Um, I mean, those are the ones that kind of, kind of come to the forefront. I'd say so I had maybe a tear in Soul. Um, and then I did have a few tears at the end of Toy Story 4, the first time I watched it, because I saw it a few times in theaters. Um, so the first time I watched Soul. Oh, and the second time I watched Endgame. I had a few tears.
0: Yeah, so, the end of Endgame does get me pretty emotional, and I just feel so pathetic when it does because, like, <laughs> these are like fake superheroes in front of a green screen, and oh my god, emotional here. But
1: no, it's not 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 even compared. So not not my mom. My mom is is the worst watching Endgame because she I got her into the MCU, so we we binge them all and stuff. And in time for Endgame, so she Tony Stark, her favorite character, like probably movie character you know in general and at the at so the second time when i had a few tears was the first time my mom saw it and that's really why i think i ended up tearing up because when that she didn't know that was going to happen when it happened she lost it like in the theater lost it and it's so funny because a few about a week ago um I I was, you know, doing stuff in my room and and my mom and dad's room is just down the hall. And I heard what sounded like Endgame. So I'm like, my mom's back on her BS again. She's watching Endgame again. And I walk in, I walk in right before the I Am Iron Man happens. And right after that happens, she loses it again. And she has seen that movie multiple times now. And she lost it. So it's kind of funny, but yeah, that's probably... I mean, I'd have to think that's probably the only few times recently, at least. And it's not even that recent; okay. it's like 2019. Um, All right, we got to get on track again. <laughs> we just sorry. I had, see, I, had to, okay. I, I had to. It's okay. I had to. I had to do.
0: <laughs> that's really no. That's a that's a cool story though. I mean, I don't think that's uh, abnormal. I, I I I will say like after even the third time when I saw it in game, I was like the end. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm like grab. I'm like clutching my heart. And I'm like Jesus. I mean, like, I, why did, why am I, I so invested?
1: Like, I'm always like, damn, like this is this is yeah. Good. You know?
0: It's just like it just gets to me every time. I don't know why it just does. Um, but yeah, like finally then uh, one night, man. Before I move on to Sundance, um, good movie, just a pretty good movie. I don't have a ton of thoughts because I don't think it was spectacular by any sense. I don't think I think the performances were good. Um, a little too performative in my in my opinion. But I don't really have any like major notes in this film i think it's uh perfectly good in terms of its thoughtfulness i think the direction is solid not spectacular um there's not a lot of things that i that jumped out as move at, out there's not a lot of things in this movie that kind of jumped out at me like wow this is amazing but it's also just really well made at the same time so that's all i really got to say
1: yeah i i love this movie okay. i one of my one of my favorites of, of last year um I I love you know. I think the thing that's done really well here, and you said you know the, the direction's good, but there's nothing like special about it. I like that because it's subtle. I don't think you know that it's like there's not anything. I don't I don't think that it's like you know that it's like trying to be not special. Or, I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's just it's not trying to be something spectacular um, because. really the film is just a conversation between, you know, four historical figures. And the, the thing I think Regina King does so well is she makes that the key focus. Like there's not a lot of highly stylized edits or cuts. There's not a lot of stylized direction. It's a lot of, you know, just kind of, I don't want to say they were on tripods, but like, you know, kind of just steady shots, listening to people have conversations and that worked for me because that, that kept me locked into the conversation actually listening to what was happening. Um, and so that, that very subtle kind of meticulous direction from Regina King coupled with four really good and a few fantastic performances um, really left me compelled throughout. And just mm-hmm. seeing you know, how the story went along Seeing the push pull nature of the argument, you know, we all know Malcolm X as a very intelligent, you know, very um, well spoken historical figure. And to see him going back and forth toe to toe with other, you know, historical figures and seeing that, you know, they, 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 you know, can put up a fight with Malcolm X was very compelling. And I, I, I think the themes are very interesting. Um, the different points of conversation are, uh, you know, very, very thought provoking and thoughtful and mm-hmm. not to the point where it was trying to overcomplicate, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. I think it was easy enough to follow, but also compelling and and thoughtful. Um, That's, and, I think, and, the know, strength
0: that, yeah, I'm sorry again, but- No, go ahead, that, of course. That, I think, is the strength of the film in, in terms of its thoughtfulness and its- ability to articulate its themes like what's the role of a you know of a, of, a, of a famous black man in our society like what they should what should they be doing um should they be more active um should they be uh, more active in terms of pushing these reforms should they be less active and try to um more subtly sort of um, create their name in the world like how like like, like those conversations are really interesting you don't see that a lot in movies and that's really the strength of this film I thought um, but I do think that I, I'm going to push back a little bit on the performance aspect because I do think and, and I think I'm in the vast minority when I say this so don't get me wrong but I, I do think there was a little, bit of, a little bit of the acting here where it felt like they're doing an impression and they're not doing a performance and I think there's like a difference between those two things and it felt more theater like than movie like and I'm not saying it was a bad thing, and I, 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 but I do think it does like cut down on the ceiling of this movie, at least for me. Um, like it felt like not so much the Sam Cook performance, partially because I don't really, know, I've never really watched Sam Cook like do things, um, so I can't really like comment on Leslie Odom Jr.'s performance too, too much when it comes to Sam Cook comparing him to Sam Cook, the actual human being. Um, but the Jim Brown performance felt like a theater performance. The uh, the Malcolm X performance felt a lot like a theater performance. Um, not bad, but I you, if you compare that to Denzel Washington and Malcolm X, it's night and day, you know, like that felt like a performance. <laughs> there's a, There's something that Denzel brings to the table and adds an aspect to debt to Malcolm X, the character that makes him even more compelling than Malcolm X already was. and he already was incredibly compelling. Have you seen Malcolm X, the movie? It's incredible. I haven't. It's on my watch list though. Oh, you got to uh, put it number one on your watch list. It's just incredible movie. Uh, Spike movies in general are must watches in my opinion, even though they're not all as good as Malcolm X, but what I mean, Denzel and Malcolm X, one of the best performances of all time, honestly, honest to God. um But obviously I'm not expecting him to be as good as Denzel and Malcolm X, but at the same time, like still felt like more of a impression than a performance. And sometimes Hollywood um, I guess uh, awards those performances more than they should um, I'm not saying that this movie shouldn't get any Oscar noms it probably should compared to some of the other movies that are getting Oscar noms um, the little things but yeah, <laughs> still a good movie I, I I don't have that many notes on it to be totally. I, I thought it was interesting and compelling and fairly well done
1: absolutely yeah I guess I'm just not as excited
0: as you are but that's okay
1: yeah I mean you know but, but I do, I get what you're saying though. It does make sense. But for me, when it hits, it hits.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we've disagreed on a decent amount of these movies locked down. We disagreed on, I actually kind of enjoyed it, which I was surprised. Like I, again, like that's a movie that I went into and like, this is interesting. Let's, let's look at it. I have some people who love it. Some people I know Um, that I follow who love it, who not, not love it, but who respect it and other people who hate it like you. So I kind of want, I was, I was curious enough to check it out. And uh, I surprisingly enjoyed some aspects of it. Um, Let's talk about some Sundance right now. Um, You were at Sundance virtually. Uh, How was that experience? And would you do, and what was Sundance experience for you from a virtual aspect and how were the movies in general? Just sort of recap your experience of the event.
1: Yeah, it was it was a thrill and also an experience. It was a thrill because I had never done a film festival before in my life. Um, so that was the first time I got to devote X number of days to just sit and watch movies and ha- really have an excuse to sit and watch movies. Um, it, it was kind of funny because my, my parents had just moved back from Seattle where my dad had had a job. And a lot of what we've been doing for the past month is unpacking boxes and doing stuff. And I had my mom and I, because I, I did this uh, festival hand in hand with my mom. Um, We had to sit my dad down and say, look for the next, like, I think it was six days, we cannot work. We are doing this and there's no getting out of it. We are doing, we are sitting and watching these movies. And, you know, of course, begrudgingly he agreed, but um, it was inexperience and, I have to give a lot of props to Sundance and everyone involved for actually making it a very smooth experience. The app that you could use, like we use it on a fire stick on our TV, was very intuitive, it worked very well. You knew when your time slots were because that's how it was. Like The time slot would come up, you'd have four hours to watch it and then it, it would expire and then the movie would disappear. Um, that was very intuitive. You knew what was happening when it was happening. Um, they had great intros before each movie um, like you would have at the actual Sundance where the director comes up and talks about their movie. They had those intros here with the directors. They had Q and A's after. I watched a few of them. Like I watched the one for Judas and the Black Messiah. I watched one for, I watched a few for some of the other films as well that I'm going to talk about in a minute. Um, overall, obviously I would have loved to be in Park City. I would have loved to be in a theater with people to experience some of these films, especially some that I'm going to talk about. Um, and there were times when, you know, the urge to go on your phone is there the urge to get distracted is there so that took away from it a little bit you know being in a virtual aspect but damn it was intuitive though and they did a really really good job and you know god being able to sit on my couch for six days and just watch movies and write articles and make video reviews i mean i can't complain at all um but yeah i mean just just ha- talking about some of the movies i ended up seeing 22 total movies uh there was some shorts i did, they weren't all feature Jeez. films there, I think it's like six or seven shorts as well. Um, but yeah, and I'll talk about like, I don't know, my top four because Judas and the Black Messiah is in my top five. We've already talked about it. So I'm not going to talk about that one. That was my number two. Believe it or not, a film actually topped Judas and the Black Messiah at Sundance. Um, but I'll talk about that one last. But um, the two that I want to talk about before I talk about my number one are, um, let me pull it up. On the Count of Three, which uh, is a film that stars uh, Christopher Abbott and uh, Gerard Carmichael, I think is how you pronounce his name. Mm -hmm. Um, And and Carmichael is also the director. It's his directorial debut. And it's about two best friends who make a suicide pact. So they agree that at the end of the day, they're going to kill each other. Uh, You know, because they both, um, Christopher Abbott's character just, you know, had a suicide attempt that, that failed. And Carmichael's character just doesn't see the point to living anymore. And instead of, you know, doing it right away, they said, they say, let's have one more day. And that this film is carried by that friendship, by that companionship. And I, I gotta give props to Christopher Abbott. He is phenomenal in this film. Uh, Heartbreaking, very real. Like it feels real and it tackles the stigma of mental health in a very interesting way because this isn't a completely serious movie. This is like a dark comedy. So they tackle those themes while also throwing in jokes and trying to be funny in a very dark way. Um, but I love how it ends. And I won't spoil it for people because, you know, it's, it just premiered at Sundance. People haven't been able to see it, but it ends in a very, it's two prong. It ends in a very tr- like tragic, heartbreaking, but also hopeful way. I won't go any further because I want, I, I recommend that everyone goes and sees this when it comes out. Um, but it's only 84 minutes. It, it flows pretty well. And the ending is is, is very powerful. Um, so I would highly recommend that one. Um, the next one is, um, I got to pull it up. The next one is Land, uh, which actually just came out in theaters, um, mm. directed by Robin Wright. It's her directorial debut. Um, People, not everyone's going to like this film and rightfully so I can understand the pacing's not fantastic, but the thing I really like about this film is, is the atmosphere is what I'll call it because there's not a lot of dialogue in this film. And it's not really until the second half of the film that the dialogue really ramps up. Um, but a lot of it has to do with the cinematography, the sound design and just how they were able to build this atmosphere because it it, the story is about uh robin wright's character who just had a tragedy happen and she just goes out into the wilderness of the rocky mountains starts anew you know gets the little cabin and the first half of this movie really it depends on setting up that atmosphere and it was done very well it's a gorgeous movie the cinematography Mm. is stunning in this movie
0: i want to watch land
1: yeah, the sound design is really, really well done, I would say. And then it takes a tonal shift at, at, at about the midway point. Uh, a thing happens to our character. She meets a new companion. And fr- they, they, they form a friendship. And it's very heartwarming. It's, it's very um, it's nice. It, it's, it's, it's something that I really enjoyed watching. And again, like on the count of three, it ends in a very tragic way. I'm not going to spoil it, but it, it actually ends in a tragic slash hopeful way, <laughs> um, weirdly <laughs> enough. Uh, and again, I don't want to spoil it, but uh, this film deals with themes of grief, of overcoming, of acceptance and companionship. I mean, that's really what this film deals with. And I think it's done really well. I think for a directorial debut for Robin Wright, I, I would applaud her for it. She built a very nice atmosphere and she gave a pretty good feature. Um, but these last two films are the ones that I would say are the knockouts of Sundance besides Judas and the Black Messiah. The next one's Coda. This one won all of the awards. It won the grand prize award. It won the, the audience award. It won best director, best ensemble at Sundance. It's a, it's a brilliant film. in, in my opinion, now I gave it a 93 out of hundred. So it's not like a plus a plus, but it is very good. Um, the key thing that they, that was done really well here was, a majority of the cast was actual deaf actors because this film deals with a CODA, which is a child of deaf adults is what it stands for. And she's the only person in her family that can hear. The rest of her family is deaf. And the rest of the family, they actually cast deaf actors. So it feels real. It feels authentic. The story is very heartwarming. It's very touching, emotional. Um, Amelia Jones, who plays the, the coda, the, the, one, the one hearing person in the family, gives a really great performance. And not only are those supporting actors deaf, but they actually give really good performances. Um, I, I grew to love this family. And the dilemmas that our, our, main, our main character are put through are, are, are very real to a lot of people, especially people your age and my age because she's getting ready to go off to college and she has to deal with um, some of those those things that she's you know not certain about. Um, and it's, it's just really well done. The direction's really good. It, it, it feels real. It gives really great representation to the deaf community as well. That's one thing that it's been really applauded for. And I, I tend to really agree with that. Um, and it's a crowd pleaser. It really is. I, I, the title of my of my review was The Crowd Pleaser of 2021. I, I really agree with that, and it got picked up by Apple for twenty-five million dollars, which is a record-breaking deal. And I think that they got a really, really good film. I don't know when it's going to come out, but when it does, I really highly recommend everyone watch it because it's absolutely fantastic. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely want to
1: see.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely want to see Coda because, like, it seems to me that um, I don't know Hollywood's. Oh, no, indie, the indie film world is on the on a hive right now for. Uh, deaf content which is uh half of a joke because of the sound of metal and now with coda but also really cool to see the fact that you know uh this community is getting representation in the film world as someone who has not a lot of experience but a little bit of experience with the deaf world given i took what like four semesters of asl so i kind of understand how that culture works um and Yeah, I I do think it's really cool to see that being represented on screen. Um, I like The Sound of Metal quite a bit. I think it's a very good movie. It's probably one of the 10 best movies of last year. Um, And it sounds like this movie was a hit too. So it's really cool. Um, Yeah,
1: and that's actually a really good double feature, The Sound of Metal and Coda. With The Sound of Metal first, because it goes through someone that is just first experiencing the loss of hearing and trying to adapt to that and trying to do that. It's a very emotional movie. It's a very tough movie to watch in some aspects. Like It's a very deep, dark movie. Whereas Coda is a nice palate cleanser. It's dealing with people that have you know, been deaf all their lives. So they know how to deal with it. So it's kind of like the two phases of that. I actually, I actually think that that would actually be a really interesting double feature to go back and, and revisit someday. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, Coda, the crowd pleaser of 2021 so far, in my opinion, absolutely fantastic. But the last one, by far the, the biggest knockout for me it, my mom would agree. She thought this was her, her favorite of Sundance. And that is Mass. This film, man, it is something. It It's, in my opinion, um, a masterclass in acting, writing, and directing. All three. Um, and that's saying a lot because the director was making his directorial debut. And I believe he gave one of the best direct directorial efforts that I've seen in a long time. Um, For people that don't know, basically what it is, is it's, it's, you know, years after a school shooting, parents of one of the victims of the school shooting and parents of the actual shooter meet face to face and have a conversation. And on paper, that doesn't sound really compelling, but the performances and just the the content in the script and the way that the um, it's in one location the entire time, which I really liked. There was no sudden shifts in location or different things like that. Um, was very compelling, and instead of having you know a lot of action or you know different highly stylized shots and stuff like that. It was very mundane. It was very subtle. It was just a conversation. That's all it was. And I mean, Jason Isaacs, man, I, he's brilliant in this film. I, all four of them are, the, the four parents are brilliant. And Ando is brilliant. Martha Plimpton um, and Jason Isaacs are the three that are really, really great. Um, I, there, there is a monologue that Jason Isaacs gives in the latter half of this movie that is so heartbreaking and so tragic and you feel the pain, you feel the pain in his face, in the way he's talking, in his eyes, like you feel the pain. And that, that took me aback. I, I was literally, this was a movie that got me to have, to, to have a few tears. Like I said, I, I hinted at it earlier. This was the movie that really got me emotional because it's something that is talked about a lot nowadays, um, you know, guns and, 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 school sh- and mass shootings and stuff like that. That's a very, that's a topic that is still very fresh in a lot of people's minds. And it is, is done in a way that is just so real and, and raw. It's very raw and, and, and it, it, it does not hold any punches at all. But a thing that it does really well as well is it doesn't make it political is not a political film at all. There are a few lines in here that talk about the second amendment and gun control, but they that happens relatively in the beginning of the of the conversation and they push it off and never never go back to it. And I really liked that because I wasn't that didn't take away from the film. The film was just a conversation between two sets of parents trying to find answers, you know, trying to come to some sort of acceptance. And the way the film ends is beautiful. It's, It was such an experience. And this movie, I'm calling right now. I, I, I obviously, I've not seen every movie that's going to come out this year. I, I've not seen every movie that's going to be eligible for the Oscars next year, obviously. But right now, I'm calling Jason Isaacs for some sort of Oscar. Uh, I, I, it's got to be. There's no way. I mean, he gives a career-defining performance. And I know that I'm saying that before this year's Oscars even happens. But it just, it, it, it was an experience that I've never had before. And I don't think I'll ever have again. It was just brilliant. And I know I'm giving very high praise. I'm giving very high praise. It, it floored me. This film floored me. It really did. I was, I, 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 I picked it up on a second showing. I didn't watch the premiere. I picked it up on a second showing because of all the reviews that came out from the premiere. And I was like, Oh man, like this is, people are really giving this high praise and, man, I'm glad I did because it was the best thing I saw at Sundance. And my mom would agree as well. She was floored by it as well. And when, when it was over, we just looked at each other and we were like, Holy crap. Like what, what did we just, what did we just experience? Um, that's just me though. I mean, whenever it comes out, I would recommend people watch. It. I think it's a very important movie to watch. I think it, it covers a lot of topics. It covers mental health. It covers a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a recap of Sundance. I know I talked a lot, but I'm, I'm very high on a lot of those movies. Now There was a lot of stinkers, a lot of stinkers, but my overall experience of Sundance was very positive, and I'm glad I did it.
0: Huh? Well, that's uh do you hear? You heard it here, folks. Uh, Sundance is cool. Um, yeah, I it, I I don't have a ton to add because I haven't seen these films, and I wasn't able to go to the, the virtual Sundance because uh, I'm just a little too busy at the moment. Um, but I wish I had; it would have been an awesome experience. I'm looking forward to watching Land, the Robin Wright directorial debut. I think it's could be really interesting movie. I'm looking forward to, um, many other movies that you just mentioned as well. Uh, I've already seen dudes, the black Messiah. We just talked about that. So that's one thing I've seen, but, uh, you know, a lot of stuff that I haven't either. So, I'm so I'm looking forward to maybe talk about these films in the future on this podcast with you moving forward. Um, I guess before we go though, I do want to touch on, uh, the golden globes. Um, I don't want to give the Golden Globes that much publicity because I hate the Golden Globes. They're awful. They don't know what they're doing. That they're, 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 it it their their strategy doesn't make any any sense. Let alone like, are are they making the right picks or not? They don't even have a strategy to their picks anymore. It seems like, especially when you're putting like, stuff like the prom, on 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 not on even nominations,
1: not the even the prom. Have you seen the prom? I haven't. But that's not even the That worst. movie
0: is awful i'm telling you that that movie's awful
1: but that's not even the worst thing that they did i mean do you even know what music is i don't even know what music (laughs) is and it got what three nominations two nominations no no one one knows what music
0: music is is. so okay (laughs) can we talk about okay (laughs) so okay what i I, I'm glad you mentioned music because I'm on the New York Times like full list of nominees right now. And uh, there's no link to music. There's a link to every even other come movie.
1: Out yet. It no. hasn't even come out yet. Like, I don't think anyone's seen this review, movie. The first reviews are starting to come out. Like people are starting to get screeners for it or something. Like I've seen a few that come out on Letterbox today and they are all half a star or one star reviews on Letterboxd. And people really? are saying this is the worst movie they've ever seen. Like yeah. they're saying it's terrible. They're saying it's Letterboxd. bad. They're saying it's it's not I mean I, I can't talk because I haven't seen it and I do not plan to see it. But I I don't understand. I don't I don't because it I don't remember what it snug I don't like because it got into best music and comedy. It snugged something. I that, that category is very weak this year. Very weak but it snubbed something it's, that should have been in there.
0: It, it's usually weak, but.
1: <laughs> the Golden Globes <laughs> is so weird. The Golden Globes is so weird. It like, sucks. The fact that it's, 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 it's split into two different categories. Like I get what they're going for, but it doesn't. Then, then you get to the point where most of the best picture nominees are in the drama category. So like you have five of them and then you kind of fill the other category with a bunch of subpar, not good movies. Just to fill the seats with some famous people, yeah. So it's like basically, yeah. What, what are, guys, what, what, what what are we, what are we doing here? Like for for acting categories, maybe because some this year, not really particularly, but some years. There are some stacked acting categories. So, like if you push out to 10 nominees in two different categories, that makes sense. But like for best picture, make it like best picture. Just have like the top 10 best movies. Don't put it into two categories. Because lo and behold, a a musical or comedy, if it's good enough, will be in that top 10. But you're gonna throw the prom and music and, and other movies that just aren't good into that category for best. Picture in that category, and it just it it really taints the credibility of the voting party because it's like what are you doing? And everyone thinks that but like what's happening?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't have. Uh, I don't. I'm not. I don't disagree with you. Um, do you want me to quickly go over like what's been nominated? Even yeah, though, I, go ahead.
1: Go <laughs> go ahead.
0: So I, I mean, I don't. I haven't seen a lot of this because just because it hasn't really been out to the public yet for people like me to consume. I mean, some of it I need to jump on, but I just haven't been willing to pay like the $20 to watch it on some sort of streamer. And um, I don't really have access to like, an Oh, like a theater right now. And I'm, I don't really want to go watch a movie in a theater right now. I think that's really dangerous. Um, so here's what we got for the noms uh, right now. Um, I'm, I'm going to try to do this pretty quickly because I don't want the, the Globes don't deserve my time. <laughs> uh for best picture uh the father for best picture drama uh the nominees are the father mank nomad land promising young woman trial of chicago seven that doesn't surprise me um none of, really none of this none of that surprised me i have not seen promising young, young woman yet and nomad land comes out on hulu on friday i'm very much looking forward to seeing the movie that movie um the way it's been hyped up uh have you seen it yet
1: I have not seen Nomadland. I'm watching like everyone else. I am very excited. I have seen Promising Young Woman. It's crazy. Um, And I love how much, how many nominations it's getting because it's very well-deserved. The only other one I haven't seen, I have not seen The Father yet either. I am sometime, sometime soon. I'm going to see The Father. Um, I've, I've, I've heard it's pretty good um am I looking forward to it not really I I I mean I don't really care for it that much but I will see it just because it will probably be nominated for best picture and I want to see all the best picture nominees um like I just saw Minari tonight and that was really good um but yeah
0: I haven't seen Minari yet is that is that available on like like for like a $20 pay-per-view thing right now it's
1: yeah 824 is doing like virtual screen so it's like you're going to a oh. theater so you buy a showtime so like i got a showtime for tonight so i just watched it like at like five 5 uh, really? p.m yeah
0: give me like uh, a two-word review for it like a sentence review for it
1: it was pretty good that i mean i i'm gonna have my full thoughts like in a few days i, I still have to really compose it um a lot of there were some confusing parts, some really resounding parts. Um, but it does document the American dream. I really liked that, and I think what the Globes did by putting it in the international category is obnoxious and terrible <laughs> because it is a completely American produced, directed, every it's, it's an American movie, it just happens to be in a different language, and it's they not do even. This. In, it's not even in the different language the entire time. Like the the characters speak English some of the time.
0: They do this crap all the time. I hate the Globes. Um, I almost just want to like move on right now. Uh, and then for best picture, most for best picture uh, musical or comedy, it's Borat the the sequel, which I haven't seen because I haven't seen the first one, so I can't tell you about that. Hamilton, which isn't a movie, but whatever. Um, I mean, Hamilton, the Hamilton movie, quote unquote movie, was. Good. I enjoy Hamilton. I, I think Hamilton's really good, but I don't think it's a movie. I just think it's like a videotaped uh, play, which is fine, yeah. but I just don't think it's a movie. But anyway, that's not even like half of my problem with this category. Then there's music, which no one in their right mind has seen. Um, <laughs> Palm Springs, which I loved. Love Palm Springs. I'm glad that I got some recognition here. And then The Prom, which is horrible. Um, <laughs> I, I i'm surprised you haven't seen the prom uh but it, you should it, also be happy that you haven't seen the prom because it's an awful movie and kind of offensive well, and really really just doesn't understand like the issues that's trying to raise and, and just not totally aware at all and just a freaking mess man i hate well, that
1: movie yeah as much as i don't really want to see it, i'm gonna have to because it is getting like buzz so like I know it's going to come up in some sort of thing for whatever I got to vote for. So I'm going to have to see it just to mm. do it justice. <laughs> but um, I've only seen two of the movies on this. I saw Hamilton and Palm Springs. Palm Springs was top 10 for me this year. I love, I love that movie. Um,
0: mm. Top 10 for to, me as well.
1: Yeah. I'm going to see, I'm going to see Borat too before voting stuff happens because uh, Maria Baklava, Baklava or I don't remember I don't know how you pronounce her name, but she's getting a lot of buzz for like supporting actress. Um, and I have no desire to see music and I'm not going to, I've heard it's also very <laughs> offensive and not a lot, a lot like you said about the prom, not tonally aware. Like I haven't seen it, so I can't comment on it, but that's just why I've been seeing from the reviews is that it's like really? very offensive to certain types of people. Um, Sia, so, yeah, what are you doing? Like, look, just stick to music, please. Imagine like, god I, I i just don't
0: I, I don't understand the globes it's like we're gonna nominate crap like the prom and put it into this really dumb category that's, while that's, we're gonna leave malcolm and marie and judas and the black messiah on the, on the sidelines like that's kind of racist but, i hate this I like
1: that's the it problem, is that's the problem i brought up earlier with it being two distinctly different categories like malcolm and marie and judas and the black messiah would both be in the drama category so it's like you restrict yourself like if there are 10 movies that are going to be nominated for best picture like in any given year and none of them are musical or comedy then you're sidelining half of the best pictures in the glows because you've got to fill that other category that it doesn't fall under like that puts them at such a disadvantage for the acting categories i can get it i get it but for best picture i don't just do 10 don't have them in different categories, do 10 and put the actual best 10 movies of the year. Then you don't look like as much of a joke as you already look like because nominating something like music is terrible. And everyone in the community is saying it. Everyone in the community knows it because they put themselves at that disadvantage by only being able to nominate five dramatic movies. It's not the way to do it like it's, i'm gonna quote i'm gonna quote tony stark from the avengers not a great plan not a great plan at it's, all it's
0: it's it's the uh it's the wife of 2021 this movie is the wife of. remember the wife from 2018 uh yeah,
1: the I movie starring
0: right. glenn close and,
1: and she was gonna get her oscar finally and then olivia yeah snatched it, it away from her that movie isn't very good i have you seen the wife it's, it's i have funny. not i I, don't, she don't didn't win place. so i don't i don't have any desire to
0: i watched it because she was nominated and i felt like it was worth it and it was kind of a joke that like a running joke but like i, I you know it's just, it's just not very good um right now let's let's parlay this conversation into the oscars a little bit um i don't want to really get into the acting categories too too much because i kind of haven't seen everything but um and i just don't want us to concentrate on the on the dumb globes like screw the globes um but i do have up or is some awesome os- are some uh i guess oscar odds so to say i'm on awards ace have you been on this website it's really
1: good i have like- not i've been on i've been on gold derby which is the the other one that does like odds and betting yeah. and stuff um, yeah. that's the one that i've been on a lot um but i'm assuming it's like a kind of the same thing
0: yeah it, it doesn't have like betting odds unlike gold derby which is obviously a very good site um but you know, I, I I like this site. It just, just kind of organizes all these different categories well, and kind of explains like the heavyweights and the middleweights. Here are the heavyweights in terms of uh, best picture contenders right now. The Five Bloods. I don't think the Five Bloods is a best picture contender because it came out too late. But that's I, just I my opinion. Too early. I, I mean, too early. People
1: people really want this, and I I can understand why. I don't think it's gonna get in. I don't I think, I don't it, think it has not gotten either. enough traction it hasn't I agree it's it, it's just it's I don't think it's gonna get in unfortunately it, like it, I, I I can understand why it should and I think it is a pretty good movie but I I don't think it will unfortunately it did
0: get a it did get a sag nom
1: yes but that was like the first thing it had gotten like like Del, Delroy Lindo I, I would say gave one of the best performances of last year and he's been absolutely snubbed, snubbed in everything
0: I agree. It's it's yeah. awful that that's borderline he, racist
1: too. He he, <laughs> he he finally got a nomination for the Critics' Choice, but they nominated like eight people for Best Actor, so it's like you kind of feel like they nominated eight people to get everyone in. Which also, that's the part that concerns me a little bit. Yeah, but like yeah. you know, also
0: Critics' Choice has nothing to do with the Oscars at the end of the day. It's just another voting. It's award just another, another like,
1: award. Yeah,
0: you know, it but, doesn't like the SAGs have a lot more to do with because a lot of the Oscar voters are are, are our actors are the actors yeah so that speaks to that actually the sags actually kind of matter um maybe even more than the globes but the globes are just kind of our barometer as the one no, I, I
1: i think it's it's, it's not a of, great
0: barometer it's it's pretty faulty to be honest yeah. with you but i mean
1: still. the respective branches are the most important the sags the pgas the dgas like the the, the those are the most important
0: um uh, because th-
1: yeah. those are the people that are are voting on the Oscars. Like they're part of parts of the Academy that, that actually matter, especially the sags, because that's like the biggest pool of voters is the actors.
0: Yeah. Um, the father is another one of the heavyweights did not get a sag nomination.
1: You also didn't get a sag nomination,
0: but it's a heavyweight in this category. Guess.
1: Shoot. Um, well, I was going to say Judas, but it got on No, got Kaluuya, obviously. Um,
0: no, as a, as a group.
1: As a group. About like is it Sag- Judas? S- is it Judas?
0: Yeah, it's Judas. Judas didn't get is getting a it Sag- Yeah, it's awful.
1: I mean, I've been hearing a lot of different things about Judas. I personally believe it should be nominated. I'm hearing a lot of people saying it's not gonna get nominated. I don't really know where I, that's the one that I don't really know where I stand on if it that's is ridiculous. or is not. It, it's it should be. I think they they I, I hate to I love that it debuted at Sundance because I got to I got to see it and like all that, but I like they debuted it too late. I, I feel i, I really, really feel like they debuted it too late yeah because so. well because but. it 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 didn't get any globes at all besides like kaluuya and like Metz yeah but Rachel the globes are
0: racist like yes that makes
1: b- sense but then <laughs> but then the set sa- but then the sags like like it, you could argue that it, it should have gotten an ensemble because it's not just kaluuya Absolutely. i mean there, there's there's several performances there. Th-
0: this shouldn't be an argument they should absolutely get a sag nomination. like why should this be a question? I, well, I, I don't know. know.
1: And so, so, so you look at that and like yes, Kaluya obviously is going to get nominated because that's obvious because he gives a fantastic performance one of the best performances of the year. like that's obvious. but for it to not get a, like a, a for it to not get a, an ensemble no- nomination, that's really telling and like it's very concerning for the movie. and I just the lack of love that it's getting, I, I, I am worried about and I, I tend to think that that's maybe because they didn't get screeners out to everyone in time. They debuted really late. I mean, it, 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 a lot of things could go into that. I mean, I don't know exactly what the reason is, um, but I, I, that's something I'm worried about. It's, 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 it's the one movie I'm keeping my eye on to see what other nominations it can get from other branches and other awards.
0: Can it get into the AFI top 10? Like that'll be important. Um, as it should, I mean, like, I don't really understand it. Other than my only default right now is racism because, like, some people have seen nomadland Land, but it hasn't been available to the public, it won't be available to the public until this weekend. Minari, same thing, like these slow burn rollouts, and like, yeah, you could say they released Jews in the Black Society late, but like at the same time, then why the heck is the father on there why the heck is music on there for the globes for example like it well, doesn't the, make any okay. sense to me the
1: so Globes like, don't make any sense yeah
0: that's that's. but like my but, point is i guess that none of this makes any sense and we're just in we're just in like totally uncharted territory like what's late anymore what's early anymore yeah i you think don't, it's only, safe yeah. to say that the five bloods is early because that came out in june but like we don't know what's late and early anymore because the whole oscar season's been thrown off because of covid
1: yeah, I mean the only thing I will say to counter that a little bit is I, I like I know from following critics and stuff that like a lot of critics have seen Nomad Land. A lot of people have seen Minari already, and I've seen a lot of reviews from critics for The Father. I did not see a single Judas and the Black Messiah review until three or four days before it debuted at Sundance. So I don't know if the embargo was really close. Or if it was a screener distribution issue, but like I know that I've been seeing Nomadland, Minari, and Father reviews for a few months. Uh, especially true. like no like Nomadland, I've seen Land reviews for like yeah. months. Like Nomadland. people have been people yeah. have been able to see Nomadland. Um, so it's like for those three, I've seen reviews for a while. Like that's why I was looking forward to Minari. That's why I'm heavily heavily looking forward to Nomadland this weekend because I I've, I've seen the track record it's gotten for the last month, few months. Um, and like I said, I don't think Warner brothers would hold an embargo on Judas for that long because it's a good movie and critically it's been really well received. So it's then that makes saved. me, that makes me think that they just didn't get screeners out until right before it's premiered at Sundance. And so that's like the only thing that I would think, okay, there might be a problem here with the delay, um, but again, I'm not a part of these governing bodies. so I don't know how it works, obviously. So, and I hardly get any screeners at all. Like I just got accepted to my first screeners for Apple TV plus. Like, so I don't, I do not know how this stuff works. Yeah. I'm trying to figure it out as I go i've been um, to a
0: couple screeners uh, i've been fortunate enough when we had the um movie show for blaze radio like they let us go to a couple screeners um i think they let us go to like kind of a private like a smallish screener for waves they let us go to a screener for escape room like like two months before it came out like that was an you guys experience to see
1: ford v ferrari early which i was so jealous yeah. of
0: we got lucky with um, that though it was that was a whole bunch of people got to go see that it was sort of like a that was almost like a lottery that you kind of had to apply for and yeah, maybe you get the tickets, maybe you don't. So
1: yeah, I don't um, really know what I've seen early. I mean, Sundance obviously was a lot of early stuff, obviously because it was like world premieres and stuff. I mean, I got to see the post early, but that was through Cronkite. Um, like every, we all, yeah, I, I saw that movie. I saw the
0: post mediocre movie, but <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I mean, I think the first real early thing I'm going to get to do is cherry because I got on Apple TV plus. So um, I haven't cool. watched it yet, but I could if I wanted to get off right now and go watch it but I'm waiting to watch it with my parents so yeah. um but yeah I mean I don't know how this stuff works so I'm I'm just kind of trying to figure it out as I go so ju- people could have had Judas since October for all I know I, but I don't believe that because I don't think they that Warner Bros would hold an embargo that long I just do not believe they would do that because it's it's a good movie I don't believe Yeah that. People yeah. only hold embargoes if the movie's not great yeah
0: um yeah it's gonna be a really weird oscar season i'm gonna quickly go through the rest of these before we go i mean we've gone way too long already but it's okay um <laughs> uh ma rainey's black bottom i like mom i liked i uh, ma rainey's black Bottom. i think i have a kind of a hot take with that movie i didn't love it um you i'm in the same boat really really i, well, I think we're of, a minority we're in it's the kind minority of a mixed there.
1: bag for me i mean it's i can understand why it's gonna get the love like but It's a little bit of a mixed bag for me. Chadwick Boseman, I think, should win, though, personally. He was excellent.
0: Yeah, he was great in that movie. Don't get me wrong. But I I, I just don't – I think I found myself not to be a huge fan of these movies that are plays but movies, you know. And that's what this movie feels like. Um, There's also Mank, and we talked about Mank already quite a bit, I think, on this show. But uh, Mank's great. Go watch Mank the best movie out of this lot in my opinion uh there's minari which i haven't seen yet but you have and it seems like you liked it uh news of the world which i want to see but i haven't gotten out to a theater to see have you seen news of the world yet
1: i'm actually planning on watching it tomorrow because i think it's on on demand now it Um, is on demand and my mom and dad both want to see it so that i don't have to pay to rent it they will happily rent it without me having to pay for it so um I'm planning on watching it t- sometime tomorrow or through the end of this week. I'm planning on okay. seeing
0: it. Yeah. I, I do want to see News of the World. It just seems like a pretty, you know, perfectly good, fun uh, you know, Tom Hanks, Paul Greengrass movie that I'm looking forward to seeing. Um it, it's it's kind of weird that this that, that movie has some Oscar buzz though. It just didn't really seem like it's an Oscar movie. It's a very Oscar
1: Baby movie though. It's a very Oscar. Awesome really? i think it didn't look like it did tom me. tom hanks it's tom hanks it's you know kind of a little action packed western that's like you know got seems like a nice story it seems oscar kind of oscar baby to me um apparently it's pretty good but yeah but i don't know i haven't seen it so we'll see i may love it and say oh this is the best picture of the year. i don't think i will but yeah maybe i will
0: uh Next, there's Nomadland, which we're, we've been talking about quite a bit. One Night Miami, which we just talked about quite a bit. Promising One Young Woman, which I haven't seen, but Jack has. Sound of Metal, which we talked about a tiny bit earlier, but uh, awesome movie, Sound of Metal. Um, I hope it does get some love here, but I'm not very confident in it. Um, did get a Writer's Guild nomination, which is a good sign. But uh, And then the final one is The Trial of the Chicago Seven, which got all the nominations
1: that one's a lock or like that one's the that one's the most obvious it's a mortal lock
0: and that movie got that movie was a little divisive with some critics some critics didn't really like it but i don't know what your thoughts of trial of the chicago seven was but mine are that it's has its really good moments but also but it also again doesn't really have like the emotional curiosity and depth that you need it isn't sorkin's best work it's not really even close to being sorkin's best work either um but there's also some really awesome sequences in it and it's very watchable like that's kind of my takeaway from it. it's like good movie um very oscar-y uh not surprised that it's getting all these noms will it win no idea but it will get nominated it's almost a mortal lock and of all these movies it's the most mortal of mortal locks um yeah that's what i got on that
1: yeah. 100% Mortal Lock. I mean, I, no doubt in my mind. It's like that in Nomad Land like the two Mortal Locks, I'd say. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Pretty much. You know, no, no sag for Nomad Land either.
1: Yeah. But it's, it's one like everything. Like every time a film critic society comes out with their best picture of the year, it's always Nomad Land. So it's like, it's got to be though there's no way if that if that does it w- it will get nominated but if like if if if, if like hellwarder freeze over and it wouldn't get it doesn't get nominated i'd be like okay what are we doing like like
0: i'd be surprised too but it is even the
1: globes nominated
0: it <laughs> yeah. but the sag didn't give it the ensemble which is strange that's all yeah, I, have to but say. I don't
1: just i mean obviously i haven't seen the movie but i don't really know like it's like really from what i've heard like francis mcdormand's movie and like some of like the supporting characters are like actual like real people so like they're just kind of there um but i don't know i haven't seen the movie so i I don't really i don't i can't really comment on it that much um but i'm looking forward to seeing francis mcdormand's performance though of course
0: and again it's COVID it's a COVID year and everything's been pushed back and now we're including 2021 movies with 2020 movies. So we're doing stuff here that is unprecedented. And uh, I don't think anyone knows what the heck they're doing, but um, I think, you know what the heck you're talking about when it comes to movies. And I hope I do as well. So (laughs) thank you all for listening to this very long, probably too long conversation about movies catching up, what we've seen uh, so far in 2021 and talking a little bit about some Oscar stuff, but Jack, we'll definitely have you on again to talk about something movie-related, or even sports-related, or in especially MCU-related in the in the future. So thanks for popping
1: on again, man. Absolutely, man. Sorry if I rambled again. I love to talk about movies, but I had a good time. I'm happy to be on anytime.
0: All righty. Thanks so much, man. Thank you all so much for listening to episode 15 of the Koki Chronicles podcast. Don't forget to follow, subscribe, and spread the word about the show. Until next time, thanks for listening.